friends, countrymen, lovers of all things design. This is Grits and Grids. This week, I am joined with Richard Baird. You may uh, know the name. He is a freelance designer, but also a prominent blogger for BPNO, which I'm sure all of you have uh, been to at least 13 times a day, like myself. Richard, why don't you say hello to everyone, maybe give a little bit of backstory uh, on your life and who you are. Hi, so I'm uh, Richard Baird. I'm a freelance designer and blogger from the UK, but I now live in Prague. Um, I have a background in furniture design, but now work in the field of branding split my time uh, between working with clients, uh, reviewing work for BP&O, um, my blog, and running a couple of side projects, one of which is Logo Archive. Yeah, so I, I love BP&O, and I, you know, I've been a big fan for a long time, so I'm a little bit fanboying out here. Um, I think one of the things that <clears throat> BP&O brings to the space that you know, definitely Grits and Grids doesn't, but uh, some other blogs don't as well, is this profound true uh, review and opinion that is uh, thorough. Uh, I'm blown, my mind is blown that you can even have the time to do that. But why don't you explain like the passion behind BPNO, uh, what started it for you? And um, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. I think you're going to be disappointed. There's a temptation to uh, craft stories after the fact, uh, which I promised myself I wouldn't do. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes the reality is we don't always know why we do things. Um, sure. And we give meaning to these things afterwards. So unfortunately, there isn't really uh, some wonderful sort of story as to why and how it started. I literally just woke up one morning and I said to my girlfriend, who was going out for the day, I said, when you're coming back, when you come back, uh, I'll have started a blog. I knew I was going You're to like, write I'm a man with a lot of opinions. I need a place to put them, right? <laughs> well, I think it, it had stemmed from uh, brand new. I'd spent mm -hmm. time, like many, many people, uh, writing opinions. And I thought I, I should be taking sort of ownership of this, you know, getting, uh, you know, when you spend time writing this, that there's, there is a, some form of value, you know, when you're starting to write paragraphs. And I wanted mm -hmm. to take ownership of that um, and to build on that. So I always knew I wanted to write something with whatever I was choosing. So I just you know, set up a WordPress site and mm -hmm. just just got got started laying down some some thoughts. And um, I think initially it was quite easy um, mm -hmm. that the the opinions were fairly straightforward in that. I was merely reacting to uh, the aesthetic qualities of a piece of packaging, a uh, piece of branding. Um, mm -hmm. But as it progressed and you got an, underst uh, got an understanding or a, a feeling for a strategy, broader communicative intentions, that kind of thing, that, that the articles became longer. Um, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't have a formal design education. I, I do have a, a a degree in furniture design. Uh, so right. there's a there's a lot of process uh, there uh, background. But when it comes to graphic design, a lot of it is what you might call, uh, and I think this happens a lot, uh, learning by say assimilation, mm -hmm. like uh, mm -hmm. 
looking at a lot of work, taking the time to understand it, reading a lot of books, practicing design, uh, implementing what you learn. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of that too. I think even if you go to university or or school, like you, you know, you don't come out with this, you know, amazing, uh, you know, repertoire of knowledge that you somehow are now better than anyone else out there. I mean, you have skills, but yes. if you don't do what you just said, that's about as far as you go. Yeah, I think that uh, if you have a formal education, that you're given, I think it puts you further ahead. Uh, I think that you you, you have a, a, a better foundation. I'm, I'm essentially behind people of my age group, I would say, mm-hmm. um, that it's taken me such a long time to get a grasp of some some aspects of, of, of branding and packaging. That's, that's, of course, not to say I know everything that... that sure. Um, you know, we're learning as we go along. It's just I've had to fill in all the gla- gaps that, that I never really learned at university. And, but I think if, if, you, if you look at enough work, if you read enough, um, and if you're open to sort of getting outside and, and uh, broadening uh, your interests uh, beyond you know, branding and packaging, architecture, art, mm-hmm. um, Get involved in culture activities, etc. That, that you can get yourself up to a standard where you can feel confident enough to um, take on work and deliver uh, sensible solutions uh, that mm-hmm. are well-founded, thoughtful. Um, and you know, like if you if you if you see enough work, you can kick it up to a level where you're you're just as good as any studio. If if mm-hmm. If you see enough work, if you if you're open and open enough, it makes it makes sense though. Um, not not to interrupt, but well, I think what's good about you know having having a, a source like BPNO and you know for me it's grits and grids. Um, and, and before you feel bad about your origin story, mine's not much better. So uh, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> um, you know, j- just a quick story. Uh, it used to be the blog on Vigor's website, and I just started posting other people's work because I'm like, man, this is great work, right? Um, I'm going to post this stuff. I'll, I'll throw some commentary in there. Um, and yeah, and then someone got mad at me uh, with maybe a little bit of justification because it, it started it maybe looked like we had done that work. Mm-hmm. Um, um, even though I was very clear that we didn't, but yes. at that point, I'm like, yeah, let's pull this out. <laughs> let's make its own brand, right? I think um, that's absolutely the right thing to do. Uh, I think that some some design studios are perhaps a little disingenuous. Yeah. About conflating their blog and their own work. Very Maybe. much so. <laughs> and but there are plenty of of formats and platforms for you to. To blog to your heart's content, um, but you know the, it's essentially um, generating content on your website every day uh, mm-hmm. to elevate your own work uh, within Google search uh, rankings, and it's just mm-hmm. making sure that I've seen some you know wonderful studio blogs where they they spend a lot of time on uh, writing about strategy case studies it can be done mm-hmm. if you're willing to put the time in and commit the expense right and that's really what it comes down to right is, is time and expense now 
anybody that has read any of your posts, I mean, I can tell that you are an absorber of information, that you you like to collect it and, and disseminate it and think through it. And I think that's probably why you're, you're a great graphic designer, not just a blogger. Um, I kind of hate that word, but not just a, a, you know, a, a man with an opinion on design. And despite not having the quote unquote formal education in graphic design, I really do believe that design is all design is rooted in that same thing. People who can see around a corner, people who can, I hate to use the word imagination because that seems like such a you know, sophomoric way of saying it, but you can imagine and envision what things could be. And that's all based on things that you've seen. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that that all BP Now really does is kind of, it says to people that there are, there, there are, that there is a toolbox that mm-hmm. you can dip into that nobody is creating anything new. We're all borrowing and reinterpreting and trying to move the conversation forward, but we're all leveraging uh, consumer perceptions and associations, and there are certain ways of doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. The key is to make sure that your toolbox is as big as it can possibly be, that that you understand all the potential, as much, uh, as many potential avenues um, that you can take uh, before starting a project. Um, mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, if you limit your understanding um, and your available toolbox, that the results are all, always going to, strategically speaking, they're going to uh, be rooted in the same process, mm-hmm. say, ends up with like a, a logo-centricity, uh, rather than something that says, let's let's take a look at the most appropriate assets to spend our time on and work from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I try to do. You know, this is why I did start EP, you know, with a, a very logo centric point of view, but I now feel that it's evolved past that. And I try to draw out the components that I feel are more, uh, that the time has been spent on and it has the most impact for the time that the studio spent on it. And this is one, one, what I want young designers to see, because I see still see a lot of logo centricity, is that mm-hmm. um, you know you can approach it from another way, place more value on other assets first, and work out from there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think you know, so. We we've been talking about this, I think, over the last couple of shows. Um, I can't quite recall if I've posted those shows yet or not, but by the time this airs, they will have been. That that it's not just the logo any longer. Um, there is a, a language, a visual language that exists for brands that are robust, where you can have a page of design elements and textures and colors without a logo on it. And you still know that that's part of that brand. Um, and that's a lot bigger thinking, right? Of course. But there is this market that says it needs a logo that when you see, uh, wired, for instance, picking up on logo redesigns, which aren't even mm-hmm. really logo redesigns. It's 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 a huge strategic upheaval. You know they've you know repositioning right. completely. Um, yet Wired propagates the thing that that is going to generate the clicks. And these are these are sites that are read by a lot of people who have yet to uh, engage with design, 
who may think about setting up new businesses and mm-hmm. you know that they're going to have this feeling that the most important thing is a logo and you've got enough designers to say yes yes you do need a logo rather than sort of challenging that status quo and saying that look it, it it's a lot more that that even with the budget that you're offering within this sort of logo design uh, brief, there's mm-hmm. a, there's an alternative way to approaching this that your competitors aren't doing uh, that might not even be a logo. Um, mm-hmm. And that I think that this is what we see on Dribble. It just it just feels that there's still this sort of logo centricity at a certain level that. Uh, we need to sort of move past that, get the conversation uh, moving forward. Um, of course, there's always going to be logo projects, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm delighted that you know uh, you have all of these different sort of um, uh, platforms. That, you know, designers get up in arms when they see that Squarespace logo generator, but to me that just shows <laughs> a, an interest that there's a there's a market and that people that wouldn't have bought logo design services or design service brand new services are now more open to it. And I think that the mm-hmm. return on investment is a bit more obvious, a bit more obvious to people. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, when designers, so let's just face it, like designers can get really, really, uh, I think you used the word pithy early on. That's a very nice yeah. way. I think uh, stateside, we would say, they're being very bitchy, <laughs> you know, where they, they want to throw their arms in the air and they want to, um, I mean, you can see it in the brand new comments section, which is now legendary. You know, if, if Armin is listening, I think we should start pulling out some, some real cherries from those comments and start putting them on t-shirts. Um, cause some of them are just wonderful in their obtuseness, but, um, but it, it's I kind of, yeah, I'd, I'd rather, but I'd rather people, be vocal, excited, pithy, bitchy, then silent. Um, right. You know, even if it winds you up, I'm just glad that people are engaged. You know, trolling is a bit different. Right. Um, but I, you know, I, I think people being vocal, you know, brilliant. You know, because you know, they, they, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, that... For every one of those, there's going to be others that, that started that way and, and, you know, maybe, you know, changed the way that, that they, they thought about something. You know, that, you know, designers, um, you know, mm-hmm. we, we grow up and, and we, we learn, learn to appreciate different aspects of, of design. And I, I've, I've, there's a comment stream on Brand New that mm-hmm. I, 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 initiated and, and I regret it. <laughs> uh, it, it. It won't go away because people keep on commenting on it. And then it's like five years later and it's just a reminder. It's a reminder that I was there and I said something silly and I regret it. But, uh, you know, I'm happy that, you know, I moved to somewhere else at like a, a different viewpoint and, right. you know, you know, we're all moving in, hopefully moving in the right direction. And brand new helps that, no matter what people comment. Yeah, I think so. You use the word growing up, and I think that's where I was, you know, with the whole Squarespace logo generator. I think as as you 
collect experiences and you interact with, you know, people that um, are hiring you, whether they're big or small, you start to realize that if somebody wants to generate a logo on Squarespace, they're they're probably dabbling in in something mm-hmm. and. Do, do you really need to squeeze a couple grand out of them for a logo when they don't even know if this is going to be a thing for them? Because mm-hmm. um, believe me, when they get serious, they're going to call you. You know, so like why why fight that fight? Like you said, at least they recognize the value of having some sort of defining mark or at least a nice looking thing. Like do we really need uh, another logo set in that um, – God, I can see it in my head. It's a really, really terrible typeface. It's like cowboy something or other. And there's frillies and it's like a mix of every bad thing in the world. I'm going to post it when I post this episode just so I can show you. But, um, you know, do we really need another logo like that because someone likes the way it looks? Or can we kind of put them on some rails and know that at least what's going to be in the world and in front of our eyes will be at least beautiful? Mm-hmm. Um you know, yeah, it wasn't handcrafted by the, you know, by your, by yourself or a designer. It, it was, it, but, it, but it is there and it's better. And at least they recognize what good design looks like. And the same thing with the comments. I mean, we could probably fall into this rabbit hole for a long time, but I find a lot of the comments, it's, it's really, you know, it's black and white on a screen. So it's really hard to know for sure, but you kind of pick up some cues with the words that they're using. There's a, it's like a mix of jealousy that they didn't work on that project um, and weren't given the opportunity. Maybe there's a, a, a little bit of inferiority complex where they feel like they would never be able to get that opportunity, even though they're good. My feeling you know? is that they're exercising whatever power they have. That when uh, when they're talking about kerning, for instance, that they know about mm-hmm. kerning. Um, and by saying that, they're kind of getting involved in something that is uh, quite complex Mm -hmm. but they're involved and i think that sort of makes people feel um, a bit more confident that they're they're able to pick up on that sometimes Mm -hmm. you know it's the people just sort of jump on it Um, you know i think if one person says it then great you know they've, they've picked up on that but it's just how you know people don't read through the comments they just reiterate you know things that have been said a dozen right. times already, the conversation hasn't moved forward, which is, I think, what what we really need to try and sort of help help with. Um, but going back to the people, uh, design buyers, people first time, mm-hmm. that I find that that there are the, there are people that get in touch with me through BPNO who who are looking to engage a studio, and they're reading through BPNO. And it's getting them excited about the process. Mm-hmm, um, they mm-hmm. say, I've got this product or this service. Which studio do you think, you know, would be you know, a perfect fit for this? You know, I've read about this studio and what you said about the work. And, you know, I'm really excited about them, but I'm not sure about this studio. That people are becoming a lot more engaged with process rather than, which is the other side is where I get like an email that says, I'd like some help with my brand identity, here's a Pinterest board. And and it's a board of business cards that uh, are printed on black paper and gold foil. And that's Mm -hmm. it. And what they're interested in is, I just want it to look like this, please. So I think, you know, over the time that I've been running BPNO, I'm seeing a lot more of the people that are 
that are new to design, uh, they're interested in spending sensible money, and they're excited about process. They're not talking about what it should look like in the end. They're not saying right. they want it to look like this project that you've written about. And for me, that's really exciting. You know, that, that to me, that's moving the conversation forward. It's, that's raising, Agreed. That's raising the, the design intelligence of, of everybody. Um, mm-hmm. It's not. It's not just a very sort of tight group of designers. You know, you're just you're helping society uh, raises expectations and expect more. I think they have every right to do. So. Yeah, especially when, like you said, when when the commentary is isn't trolling or malicious, because <laughs> sometimes they can get pretty malicious. Um, but when it when it's adding value and then people are building off of that and. They almost start collaborating right on the page. I think that's a beautiful thing for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's, that's, I'll tell you, one of my biggest disappointments is that there's not a lot of chatter on Grits and Grids. And maybe that's because I'm not saying much. I think I write maybe two paragraphs if I am lucky. It's more of the, I, I know you don't like the word, but for me, it's more just curating and culminating similar work into one area because I was doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I should just put this out there because maybe people want to look at it. Yeah, I, you know, I, but I yeah. don't really know like how many, what kind of traffic you need to start generating the the. Um, I know that brand new is is somewhere around 1.6 million page views a month, and mm. that that generates a lot of a lot of comments. And you know, if I was to sort of look at that proportionate proportionally. I would expect more comments to be on BP now. I just think maybe maybe I don't leave much room for people to say anything, or if if they do say something, it's generally something that I haven't picked up on, even if it's negative. You know, I think yeah, that's um, I'm glad you said that. You know, I feel stupid I missed it, but you know. Well, I think you're you're, you're so. I mean, on BP, no, it is so thorough, and it, it's it really is well written. Um, I, th- I think you know that because <laughs> you that's what you do, um, and, and you even mentioned that there's a fair amount of editing. I find that after I read one of one of the posts, questions are the last thing on my mind because I'm really mulling over everything you said. Yeah. And then usually when I'm done when I'm done mulling, I'm like, yeah, he was right. That's I mean, I have nothing more to say. <laughs> yeah, I I. I have to be careful because sometimes I'll reach a bit too far, make a, a connection too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's merely my impression. And, and like any sort of uh, brand identity, I, I bring my baggage to that, that project. You know, my, mm-hmm. my associations and my perceptions. The difference is you know, that I've seen a lot of, of projects and I'm trying to look at it from... From the people, from the perspective of a, a of a consumer or a patron, and they're not they're not going to get they're not going to read brand identity in what you might call say a cognitive way. It's mm-hmm. going to be visceral. It's, they're going to get an impression, a feeling. So when I say, well, you know, the brand identity sort of calls to mind something of the seventies, um, that people aren't literally going to think. Oh yes, this is this is very much the seventies. It's just going to be a feeling. So well, I try not. I'm to seeing that too. It. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know. I mean, that's sort of a sidebar. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of that as well. I don't know if you've seen it because the stuff that you end up posting, I see it's a very very fresh and I think very new thinking. Um, whereas 
we'll post basically if it's for a restaurant and we think it upholds good design uh, i'm gonna post it because i think it's you know the you, more the merrier basically do you mean um, good design from like a strategic point of view or like an aesthetic you know basic design? aesthetic yeah aesthetic i'll tell you what i'm really looking for what i'm really looking for in a project is one that is a complete alignment of the stars so even if I don't like the way it looks, it, I, I try to, one, understand where is this in the world? Does it look like it's catering or trying to speak or an, interact with a certain group of people? And do I think that works? Yes. Um, so yeah, that's pretty quick. You know, you can look at them and say, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And then the star alignment is if I look from logo through interiors and digital, like all the touch points, if they are very like in sync not not like that the logo's been slapped everywhere but that those elements and the feeling is yeah. congruent i tend to that's me magic yeah a continuity of ideas right i like that i'm gonna write that down <laughs> yeah i uh i i try to find phrases that just really sort of sum up what i'm thinking i haven't quite ma mastered the brevity and short sentences but I'm constantly right. trying to find better ways of articulating what I'm thinking and, and what I think the project is, is looking to achieve. Um, I, uh, I just actually had, <laughs> I have to bring this up because it happened last week where we were talking about a user persona and um, we wanted to call this person one thing, but the client was so dead set on their, what they have called it for the last year. Right. And, and what, I, what I was explaining is I'm like, well, listen, when we're talking with the creative team, we want to call it this because it, it paints a quicker picture for us. Mm -hmm. um, and that can just be inside these four walls. So we'll just call it situa situational vernacular. And like I said it, I'm like, oh, God, did I just say that out loud? <laughs> I'm like, what does that even mean? That sounds so great. So maybe, maybe use that. It, it sounds great. And yeah, I, I understand it. But... It's not, I don't think it's, you know, when you're, when you're writing it, it's not universal enough. Right. That I, I don't want to, I want, I want to make sure that, that, you know, it's, it's easily understood, but, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not writing for children. And so, you know, I, generally this is, is, this is how I speak about design. Uh, it's not dressed up. Um, mm -hmm. I think the I have on a couple of occasions perhaps been called pretentious, but I, I would just say that, you know, pretentious is, is to sort of elevate yourself. Really, I'm just speaking, mm -hmm. or I'm just writing as, as how I speak. You know, it's authentically me, really. Um, and yeah, that, and it's that a shame means, that that comes off pretentious. Yeah, it's, it's flaws and all, and, um, you know, people, they're welcome to sort of call me out. And occasionally, mm -hmm. you know, you think perhaps... I'd gone too far and that I needed to reset and just think about a sentence structure or a turn mm -hmm. of phrase that perhaps maybe did go over. You know, I thought I was being not clever, but almost lyrical. Um, right. You know, I, I, when, when I read something aloud, you know, I, I kind of like it to flow. Um, it, I, I, I see it as like, you know, building a sentence like mm -hmm. you would design and, I like things to flow nicely and, um, you know, if I can get a bit of alliteration in there, I will. If I can make it, sometimes I'll, I'll cut I'll cut things down so there's 
groups of three or, you know, basic mm-hmm. uh, language, or literary, literary devices. Right. Um, they don't make it read better. Um, I don't want it to be a struggle. Yeah. So, with, I mean, with that, you, all right. So th- for those that don't know, you are a freelance designer as well. Mm-hmm. You, you have, I consider a great body of work. It's very, um, I, I think it's beautiful. And so in that work that you do as a designer, do you also do copywriting? I have done a small part for like a, um, a restaurant as part of a brand identity project. Mm-hmm. And that sort of explains the design studio's process. And that was part of the restaurant's website. You know, mm-hmm. Branding was an important component of the story of the restaurant, or making the restaurant. So I've done a bit of writing, but it's a very, very limited skill set. I'm not sure whether it yeah, I mean, something I'd be able to. I think it's best to leave it to people who are very skilled in that area. I don't know. I don't, I don't think you give yourself enough credit, honestly. But <laughs> I, I think I think your writing is quite beautiful, and the fact that you approach it like a designer is even stronger. That you craft it, and you know, hopefully, I, I think more and more people see that, and maybe they just don't know that that's something you do. But how? This is the big question because I've been struggling with this myself. Um, right. You know, I collect all this work. I post this work. I try to post it often. Um, you know, daily if I can. And then I have to sit down and I have to create my own stuff um, for clients. I have to be original. And um, I think my, my one of my biggest fears is that I will inadvertently, unknowingly steal someone else's work. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever have that? No, I don't. I don't worry about that at all. Um, okay. That, of course, it's so originality is is an issue as a term in itself that nothing is mm-hmm. original um that to to even worry about that is is silly we build on what we see and what we read about we hopefully drive the conversation forward every, every designer borrows the key is not to borrow from one project extensively mm-hmm. it's to assimilate an understanding drawn from hundreds of other projects to understand mm-hmm. why they work and whether they these kind of techniques can be cross-pollinated, remixed, recombined. So, you know, it's different if you were to say, I'm going to take that logo because it's so damn good. You know, right. And it's another thing to build on what has come before. I think running Logo Archive, it's a, it's a constant reminder that uh, when it comes to form language it really has been all done before it's obviously yeah. a problem if if you accidentally design something and you then you go to trademark it internationally you're going to come up against you know a big corporation for instance that's kind of your own fault for not doing your due, due diligence yeah. diligence um but i i don't worry about it i don't think designers should worry about it and i, and I don't think designers should spend time worrying about calling other people out for accidental for similarities you know that mm-hmm. happen all the time brand identity is made up of so many different components that of course if you're infringing something um you're gonna have to you're gonna have to change it if you know if, if right you can, you can tell if you've overstepped um i think right that, right that that you you know, I, I tend to approach things from a, an optimistic point of view, where 
people have an integrity that if you've if if you've done it by mistake, but you don't think there's going to be an issue, I would just keep going. If- yeah, I think that goes back to sorry. I, I think it goes back to what you had said earlier too about um, you know be you know being in university and absorbing and and finding and looking and reading and uh, all that stuff. You know, if you don't do that, you end up making a swoosh over top of a word and thinking that you're the most brilliant designer in the world. Um, but if you just would have opened your eyes and absorbed things around, you would have seen that it's on every sneaker from here to, you know, Timbuktu and back. Um, yeah, you can have a problem with a Nike swoosh, if you put it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I would also say that uh, consumers wouldn't know what to make of something wholly original. Um, they would have no reference points. They wouldn't, right. There wouldn't be any uh, pre-established perceptions, no associations to draw on. It's, it's potentially useless design if it's not grounded in something that, that your uh, group of people can can associate with. So I, I tend to advocate for a mixture of convention. I love convention. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I look at something and say, I've seen that done a thousand times, but it's still useful. Mm-hmm. When a design studio pairs that with something unusual, challenging, surprising. I think that that's really where the best design sort of emerges from, that blend of, of the conventional and the universal, the surprising and the idiosyncratic. Um, mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, if we're, we're using conventions, you're going to stumble into things that have been done before, but don't make that, you know, the, the only element of, of what you're doing. Yeah. And, and don't, yeah, I mean, you can tell when it's a ripoff, like you said. Um, I think, I don't know if you're familiar with Jay Fletcher and his work, you know, but he, I think ripping off tends to become a little bit more easier to identify when you have a strong style mm-hmm. um, from what I've seen. And Jay definitely has a style. It's, I think it's beautiful, very geometric, but then it's it's bad enough. Like you can't, you know, you can't own geometric illustration and design, but when there's a certain composition where words have been changed and maybe colors have shifted a little bit, but it's pretty much the same exact thing. That is brutally like you've, you've ripped this off because you yeah. one didn't want to call Jay and pay him or two, who knows? You just convinced yourself that it was okay. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you, if you're, you're taking on board all of these different sort of, tools um, that you can use, uh, the associations that you're, you're leveraging. And you're, mm-hmm. you're pairing that with a, a creative brief that is based around or uh, uh, coming from um, a company with a unique product, a new unique perspective, a unique offering, um, that once you sort of weave these things together, you'll ultimately get something that is See, I, I choose the word sort of distinctive over original um, because, of course, nothing, nothing really is original. So I tend to, to favor, you know, distinctive uh, and distinctive from its competitors. Um, you know, there's no point getting too worried about um, conflating two companies that are that are nowhere near each other in, in mm-hmm. geographically in, in what they're doing. Um, how they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, splitting, splitting hairs at that point, if you found a place in 
you know, the furthest reaches of the Himalayas that has a style that you want to use in L.A. Um, You do do understand, you know, like businesses that are doing well, you know, they want to protect their image and they have every right to do so. And I think, you know, common sense plays plays a part and and they should be confident enough in, in whatever their design studio built for them, you know, that that it, it's it's made up of more than that one asset or you know a bit on the flip side you know they may they may well have, have a right mm-hmm. to pursue something but i just think common sense is best applied how do people find you how do they connect with you um what are your preferred channels so you can drop me uh, a message on twitter at rich baird or at bp and opinion uh, you can find me on facebook Search uh, designer Richard Baird or branding packaging opinion. Uh, you can follow Logo Archive uh, on Instagram. That's Instagram forward slash Logo Archive. Um, and you can find me an email, but you'll have to find out. I have to go find that. Um, I tend not to over promote my email address because I end up with a lot of submissions. And, right, right. And it's, um, you know, I've, uh, I make it. I like to reply to everybody. Yeah. Well, I think I think connecting on social is the new way of doing it anyway, right? So um, if you can't follow all of those accounts because you need an email so bad, then maybe you're being a little self-serving. <laughs> follow them because I, I'll tell you that the content that's put out on each of them is so unbelievably valuable. It's so worth it. And uh, I, I encourage everyone to click through. And I'll have links in the show notes to make that really easy. Um, Richard, your time has been amazing, man. I really appreciate it. And I hope to have you back on real soon. And we'll see what's next for you. I'm going to keep my eyes open. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's great to speak to you. Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no end in between. On Instagram and Twitter. This podcast and the Grits and Grids blog is a passion project of Vigor, a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in Atlanta. Check us out at www.biggerbranding.com. And of course, we're all over social media. Until next week, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and be creative.